you know I was wearing a wig this whole time? And I can speak 6,000 different languages. Let's, Let's learn, learn a thing, thing or two. two. Welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. Welcome back, Thomas. Oh my goodness, I'm here. Yeah, he's wow. paying attention now. He, yeah. You know, we're, we're rolling. We're podcasting. We're podcasting. It's a little late in the day, you know. We got things going on, but we always have time for a little two-top action. We're in the depths of night right now. And, hey, look, we're always here to try to teach something and do things that are related to our everyday. And my everyday is, you know, having a good time, partying with friends. Is that what your topic entails? Yes, because... Having a good time. When this podcast comes out, I would have recently gone to a wig party. A wig part, like uh, like wigs. Yes, wigs. I bought. Are you an, wearing a wig? I bought a nice. I bought a long. Was it expensive? It was like fifteen bucks off Amazon. Oh, okay, Amazon's a good wig spot if you're looking for wigs. I mean, like, I'm not trying to replace my hair, but it's like I got a nice, like, two foot long, like, white faded ombre nice. hair. Ombre. Oh man, if only. Um, like my one friend, he Bet got. You look dashing. My one friend even got a black wig. No, he got a blonde wig. He's trying to dress up like Tyler, the creator from the Earthquake music video. Yeah, yeah. Nice. He got it long and we're going to cut it short. The look. The so, look. A wig party. Like, why Why are wigs a thing? Why are we wearing other people's hair? So, you know, I wanted to do research. I was like, why, why not? Wigs. wigs have been a thing for a while. Like, think Still of, a big thing. Think of like, judge, like stereotypical judges with the hair. So, Matt, where did wigs start? You know, someone had to wear a wig first. Was it similar to how the butchers wore heels to stand above the blood? Well, we go a little further back. We're going to ancient Egypt. You know, the ancients of Egypt, they um they, they kind of they kind of were bald a lot. Wow. They um they society had Egyptian men and women closely shaven heads or cropped hair, and oftentimes they wore wigs. Ancient Egyptians created these wigs to shield shaved and skinless, oh, shaved and hairless heads from the sun. They also wore wigs on top of their head using beeswax and resin to keep the wigs in place. Now these wealthy Egyptians would wear elaborate wigs with scented cones of animal fat on top of their wigs. In other cultures such as the Assyrians, and the Jews of ancient Israel, the Greeks and the Romans, also used wigs in everyday fashion. So wigs, I mean, wigs were really a thing. Big thing. Big Absolutely. thing all the way back yeah. in the day. I mean, the Egyptians were known for really going, cutting a real close. But like wigs are, I mean, wigs are old. There's a wig headdress in the Brooklyn Museum that's from... 600 one like around 600 to 1000 uh ce like current wow. time were they made with real hair or like horse hair or something so they were made with a little bit of both a little bit of both kind i assume what, yeah what was available yeah wow. um but in china they wore wigs in the spring autumn period japan they wore it as well and in korea so a little bit more modern let's talk about the roman empire it fell and um, after they fell, the wigs were used in the West for thousands of years. They were kind of lost to the wayside for thousands of years until they were re revived in the 16th century as a mean for compensating hair loss and improving one's personal appearance. So how we know wigs, 16th, 17th century. Wow. So they were invented 
Egyptians, Romans, but they didn't come back until like we were traveling traveling into the Americas. Yeah. So they also served a practical practical purpose though. Uh the unhygienic c- conditions of the time meant hair would attract head lice. So if you had no hair, you, you don't have no lice. Hair, you you wear a wig to make up for the lack of hair. Exactly. So replacing do that now. was a lot more easier than, you know, your actual hair. Absolutely. Fur hoods were also it. used in a similar way to prevent that, you know, keep your head hoods. warm. When you Fur have hoods are essentially wigs in a way. So yeah. royal patronage is crucial to the revival of the wig. That's right. Royals. Queen Elizabeth I of England famously wore a red wig tightly and elaborately curled in a Roman style among men King Louis VIII of France. Oh, whoopsies. I read that wrong. That's that's pretty bad. I'm going to mark Hit that it again. Come back. Hit it again. So Queen Elizabeth actually, she famously wore a red wig tightly and elaborately curled into a Roman style. Meanwhile, over in France... King Louis VIII, ah, Louis. he Louis. started to pioneer wig wearing in uh, 1624 when he started to prematurely bald. So he wanted, the king and he you can't bald, bald. Wigs are in fashion and I declare it so. I declare it so. Yeah, that's what I picture a bunch of French nobles, English nobles, American nobles wearing wigs. Our founding fathers wore those white curled French styled wigs. And if you think back to like the fa- any royal portrait, the people, I'll just tell you right now, all the portraits with the French men in 16th century having this long, curly, voluptuous wig, I'll tell you right now, it's probably not their hair. It's probably a wig. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up some famous portrait paintings um, and just see how many of them so have wigs. Know- Mona Lisa? No. So you know those white wigs? That comes around in the 18th century. This is when men's wigs were actually powdered to give them their distinctive off-white color. Women of the 18th century also did not wear wigs, but they wore a confure supplemented by artificial hair from other sources. So they had hair within their hair, kind of like, was it extensions? Extensions are like, Yeah. yeah. So women mainly powdered their hair gray or bluish in the 1770s onward, but it was never bright like men's white hair. Wig powder was made from finely ground starch that was scented like orange flowers, lavender, or types of roots. And wig powder powder was often colored like violet, blue, pink, yellow, but often and most commonly it was an off-white. So powdered wigs, you know, they were powerful. They they were kind of like you were wealthy. You could afford a wig. You yeah. could afford you were so wealthy you could afford more hair. Now these powdered wigs and supplemental hair pieces for women, they became an essential part of the full dress of an occasion for the end of the 18th century. Elaborate forms of wigs were actually worn to the coronation of George III in 1761 and a man named William Hognard uh, was engraving the five oars of periwigs, which are powdered, powdered wigs. Periwigs. Wow. So we'll move a little further. You know, in 1795, the British government actually levied the tax on hair powder of one <laughs> guinea per year. 
Of course. Uh, this tax effectively caused the demise of both the fashion of wigs and powder because, you know, if the government's taxing it, uh, taxing your fun, then you just say no more. No more. No, no more. more. I'm looking at all the wigs, Thomas. There's a lot of wigs. So, you know, let's move a little, let's move a little more modern day century. So, of course, 17th, 18th century, that was the Europeans. 19th, 20th century, let's talk about our Americans. Wig wearing became a social status that was largely abandoned in the newly created United States. But United States, four, four presidents actually did wear wigs. Uh, John Adams all the way to James Monroe wore curly powdered wigs to tie in cue with the old fashion of the 18th century. But later born, later born people, you know, they kind of started to steer away from it. But the women's wig is where it really started to change. Because they had, as I said, they kind of had more extensions, not not as elaborate headpieces. So women's wigs, they were worn from the 18th century onward. First kind of here and there, but then full wigs in the 19th century and the early 20th century. Uh-oh. Whoopsies. So during the late 19th and 20th century, hairdressers in England and France did not have the kind of just look at this uh wig that Abe Lincoln wore Ooh. man bun you sure that's right I'm literally looking at a website that says hilarious world leaders with man buns page 3 of 24 I'm you know it wasn't just the royals though wearing wigs Matt you know European armies in the 17th to early 19th century, they wore uniforms that were, um, they had some civilian fashion, but they were militarized in addition. Um, Part of that uniform, officers wore wigs that were more suited to the drawing rooms of Europe than its battlefields. So they would wear these natural colored wigs, but it was more of civilian style yeah, of yeah. pigtails and in the 18th century officers started adopting similar styles and you know it it, it kind of stuck and lasted until pretty much the end of the French Revolution look at this picture of George Washington without a wig the wig is what makes my guy you know it does it doesn't look like him we've come to know these wigs I mean, wigs on the $1 bill that's George Washington with a wig on it's it's wild because we just know them as the wig. Like, psychologically, our mind makes the wig an actual part of them, even though it's totally like a costume decoral piece, you know? So, you know. So interesting. The wigs we've been talking about, they're very official. And, you know, today they're still in use. So official official use in Britain, in the Commonwealth Nations, and the Republic of Ireland, special wigs are worn by judges as a symbol of the office. Apparently, also, Hong Kong barristers and judges continue to wear wigs as part of court dress as a legacy of the court system of the time of when, you know, it was under British rule. Similar to this, South Wales, Australia, they um, they actually discontinued it in 2007. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're, starting to move a, we're starting to move a little away from it, you know? Of, of, of course, in entertainment, wigs are everywhere. Lady Gaga, Dolly Parton. That's right. The, the, Tina Turner, literally everyone. Cher 
is worn all sorts of wigs. There's tinsels. There's color. There, I mean, everything. Theater. You know, everybody wears wigs in theater. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people do. Um, but wigs are they're really just like a part of culture. I mean, they're made out of all sorts of things. They're made out of. They're made out of. They're made out of everything, to be honest. They're made out of human hair. I think I'm just going to close out. You know, I could talk about wigs all night. Wigs are, they're fun. I mean, you wear wigs to hang out with friends. You wear them for a good time. You wear them for a fun night on, fun night on town. You know, you wear them to be someone else. You wear them to experience something else. I mean, I've never had long hair. I had long hair that night, Matt. My hair was so It felt long. good. It felt good. It Literally, felt- you change identity with a wig. Yeah, you know, you, cool. could, you could be That's whoever cool. else. You can just assume a new identity. Ooh. Would you look at that? I mean, you ever watch that video of the uh, retired CIA director of um, covert operation disguises break down how to do disguises? In movies, right? Or just No, in, in real life, there was an interview and they did a video, like a mini doc about it. You have to watch this video of you know, how effective subtle changes, including hair, wig, body It's the language. little things that really... What's wild is body language does a lot, but that's... Again, that's another topic for another time. I'm getting great ideas tonight. Wow. But let's just move on away from wigs. I we've talked about the hair and the fake hair for a little too long now. So Matt, what 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 on earth do you have for today? Say you maybe are in the CIA, Thomas. Say you're traveling to a different country. You need to translate. You need to talk a different language. James Bond was fluent in six different languages. How many languages are you fluent in? One. One. But what if I told you you could be fluent in nearly every language? I'd, I'd say absolutely. With the press of a button. Technology these days is so amazing. Maybe you won't believe this. Maybe you will believe it. But there are instant translator earbuds that you can put in your ear and you can instantly translate. So the reason I'm talking about this is because in my foreign language education class the other night, the professor was like, I just read an article about instant translator earbuds that are going to take language teachers and translators out of work because technology can do the job of translation. And we already know that Google Translate, all those various translating sources, you can talk into them and they have the ability to translate directly, read back to you, and then formulate even mimic responses and whatnot. Technology, that doesn't seem that crazy when you think of it like on Google Translate on your computer, but when you have it real time in your, in your ear, ear, that's, when it's that's incredible. Wild. That means you could go to any country, have a normal conversation with anyone as long as they have earbuds tra- um, translating what you're saying. Yeah, and that's- it's. That's why I was thinking. It's like, this sounds great as long as every party is involved. So many people have smartphones. You pair it up. If you're linked up via smartphone with another person's smartphone who has earbuds, the translation can almost be instant. So I use Google Translate sometimes to read essays. I write them in, like, I speak Spanish into it and see the English translation. Or I speak English and see the Spanish or whatever. And it's pretty accurate, but there are some flaws. Like, it won't pick up words like, we're from a little town called Malvern. It picks up as Melbourne, Melbourne like Australia. Yeah. That's a common. The V and the B are very distinct. But the technology is getting better and better, and I can see improvements in when it picks. It will pick up Malvern now. And, yeah, maybe I use more diction, but it does pick it up. And I've watched some videos. There are different, couple different companies. There's uh, one company by the name of um, Pilot. Um, they're called, what are they called? Waverly Labs designed the pilot translating earpiece. Um, 
they only go for like 250 bucks and it's just essentially a bluetooth mic right. that links up with your phone that uses the software on your phone that you can get for like free pretty much because everybody has an app store and smartphone and as long as someone else has it you can work with that person well what's wild is from the way it sounds it's a program that in theory doesn't sound crazy difficult i mean not at all it's also one of those things that if you realize with machine learning over time this they may have invented this like five years ago but that algorithm has been learning for the past five years by sourced uh input you know they have so much input they've worked with the the dialects the languages the accents the types of things people say the speed the fluency even as straightforward as siri these days it's because of the machine learning. When it first came out, it wasn't that advanced. Like, Absolutely. if anybody yelled the words "Hey Siri," she would hear it. Yeah. But nowadays, literally, Thomas Siri fo- just went off. Yeah, right my now. phone went off. It's okay, Siri. Don't worry. Don't worry about it, Siri. Turn off, please. Oh, please don't play Rihanna. Um. Anyway, did you say play Rihanna? No, That's I said turn off. You all heard me. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt, what I wanted to say is now if you do like hey Siri, um, she won't react to you because she knows my voice. Like you can try it right now. Hey Siri. Nothing. Nothing. Years ago, well, a year ago when that was or two years ago, maybe three years now, when it was introduced, it would have picked up both yeah. of us. But now Yeah, even my bank, online banking, recognizes my voice. I turned the feature on yesterday on the phone when I was trying to get in my account. They were like, would you like us to recognize your voice? I'm like, uh, and they're like, activated. <laughs> and I was like, uh, that's how I was I mean, I, I love how great it is now. I, it's really improved since the beginning. And that's all that AI that is probably being used for translation. It probably has just been being used by a few places, but it's enough that it's starting to learn the difference between Malvern and Melbourne. And yeah. Re- and it, read, read, all read, it takes read the color. A couple million people using Google Translate and they get that data. Google has uh, many tech companies under them that can develop this stuff. It's amazing. And it, this, I wanted to go into a history of translation. Basically, the, the beginning of translation started with like, say the Bible. People translating the Bible forms, into yeah. different languages and the, to- the Torah and in the third century, um, it was translated into Greek. Um, they hired 70 translators commissioned to complete the project. The printing press became a huge breakthrough in translation, um, but they used people to do it, but that was people and technology working right. together. Now modern um, American translation, computers typing input, every text were translated and digitized and the um it kind of started in the 1950s it started as like a career like a true career translation or through like war coding you know like translating intercepted uh intercoms and whatever um and it's interesting the western world has always been guilty of taking the creative approach to translation whereas it's slacking translation where they take literal translations and substitute it with words that we think we would use yeah. instead of literally what the author. So we lose a lot of cultural meaning with that. So that's like a Western thing to think about. Well, it's um, a lot of like, if you say raining cats and dogs in somewhere else that might not hit the same way it does here. Yeah. Like that's the issue with a lot of translations, especially in um, movies and video games. It's not literal. There's a lot of cultural things that might not, 
connect to those people in other cultures. On Netflix, I always leave Spanish subtitles on. And it's not so I can understand it. I understand both. But I like seeing the differences because literally every other line will be a different way of saying like, oh, that's not a literal translation. No. Like it means something. And sometimes it's even funnier than the English translation. In Spanish. In, but it's in Spanish. And I love that. But that is an example. And I'm thinking yeah, at the credits you see translated by Sergio Armades or whatever, you know, and it's like, wow, Sergio, he's a funny guy. He watched yeah. this and maybe sometimes he's like, he thought he could get away with something funny and people wouldn't notice. But I mean, people think it's funny, you know? It's like if there's a joke here and he knew that if it wasn't straight directly translated, it wouldn't have been funny. It wouldn't hit, you know? And a lot of things with like rhyming words in different languages don't hit. Alliteration doesn't hit in other languages. There's so many different concepts of translation. And now in 2015, this is the most recent uh, statistic I have it was said to be a 37 billion dollar industry and growing now a lot of that money sits within business translation obviously negotiations oh, yeah. overseas whatnot need to be translated but with the use of technology yeah there's going to be a lot of money going to the tech but a lot of less personnel involved if this technology can do it accurately now there's going to be years of testing even though like Siri's good and can recognize you now Siri's not perfect, and when it comes to medical, when it comes to changing funds of millions of dollars, what if... When you're making a contract with foreign parties. Yeah. What if you thought, like, mil in Spanish means 1,000, not million? What if you thought it was a million? And then... And then you, you transferred shorted, yeah. $10 million instead of $10,000. That's a really big error, Thomas. So we need technology to pick up on that. Um I'm sure the research is is coming. I know it is for a fact. A lot of these products are out. You can get them on Amazon, these things. They take a while. How well do they work? Linus Tech Tips did a great video oh, right. in 2017, you know yeah. actually, on some really early prototype ones that were 3D printed. And it worked surprisingly well. It was just slow. It got bigger words wrong. But honestly, I could uh, you could understand the general meaning of a conversation. There you go. Very interesting, right? So there is some hope for this. Maybe this is really where we're going. I definitely know it's where we're going. Now, alluding on a on a lighter note, Star Trek had this with the instant translator. Yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you stick the fish in your ear from that certain planet, and the fish could translate literally any dialect form of language into your own. Very interesting concept. Sci- sci-fi. We are literally in, in that the sci-fi future. Yeah, future. we're in that sci-fi future. It's amazing, Thomas. And you know what? It's only going to get better from here. Just wait till the next version of AirPods has that integrated in. Everyone jokes about AirPods. They're like, what these have that AirPods don't, they come in different colors. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, that's really where it's going, I think. And I'm I'm excited to see. I'm I'm excited too. It'll make traveling a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. And more involved. You'll be able to do anything if you can speak a language of any country. Yeah. I mean, the issue is you're not speaking it, you're understanding it. So until they got the response going, that's well, the big issue now. You could play it through a speaker on your device or the other person could have the earbuds. But if they don't, you to be understanding and then like, yeah. that's Understanding is, is a big part of it. Right. Yeah. If you can catch on, then you can maybe work your way out of a situation. Yeah. But Matt, hey, look, we both had topics that, in a sense, translation started back then. Back then? And it's still wigs, going now. Wigs started back then. So, you know, we really, we got we got some old topics. 
Look at that. Another week in a row that we got something almost similar. I'd, I'd argue it's pretty close. We're on the same brain wavelength. Yeah. It's good stuff. Good stuff. But I think that's what we have for this episode. Absolutely. Yeah. A yeah. little, a little uh, interesting yeah. with um, some technical difficulties. But, hey, it wouldn't be an episode too tough if something didn't go terribly wrong. <laughs> that sounds awful, but straight. But. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Two Top. Yeah, and we'll catch you next week for another Two Topics. We'll see you. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg. Music this episode comes from Lee Rosevere. For more info about this week's episode, visit us at twotoppodcast.com. For general inquiries and feedback, send us an email at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. See you next week for another Two Topics.